can put our hands together. Come on, let's give the Lord a cheer. Amen. Having a thankful for God's love, His mercy endures forever. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I might be a little hot out there, I don't know, but amen. Good to see everybody here today and on this chilly, chilly, but good January morning. And uh, we're excited. we got something special here in just a few moments we're going to be doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that um, we're, we're just really thankful for all those that come and serve. And in the morning, uh, you're greeted with just a great smiles and, and uh, all those things. So I, I wonder if we could just put our hands together for all those that just kind of gave us a good greeting this morning and really showed us the love of God. Amen. Thank you so much for serving in any capacity, whether it's youth ministry, the music, or children's ministry, whatever it is. Just thank you so much for uh, just really serving in any way that you can. And I know it's important to, uh, to us. It's very important to us that everyone does their part, and um, we really try to do what we can to have everybody be a part on Sunday mornings, and, and it's kind of difficult, but we'll, we're making it happen, and you guys are filling the spots, and we're excited about it, so if you'd like to uh, serve and learn how to serve here at our church, uh, you could just call, call the office, and there's ways that we can get you plugged in, And uh, but we're thankful you're here today. We're good to see you, and I don't know about you, but uh, someone said it's better to be here than somewhere else. And uh, I, I'm not sure, but uh, it's better to be here than in the best hospital, most comfortable uh, hospital, I guess. And um, amen. But how many are just praying for uh, people today that are sick and maybe in their body? Let me see your hand. Maybe some are more serious than others. We got a few phone calls this week and uh, some serious conditions and not, not all COVID related, but um, just want to continue to lift them up. And so I wonder if we can just open in prayer today. Let's do that. Okay. I've got a, something special to show you and then we'll get into the word, but let's just pray. Lord, we just welcome you this morning. We open up Lord, this part of the service, Lord, right from the very beginning, we dedicate this service to you. And now, Lord, as we get ready to just explore the word and hear the word, Lord, I pray that we would just open our hearts to you, not necessarily to a speaker, but to you. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would touch everyone who's listening. If you're there at home or wherever you are, just lift your hand and you can just say, Lord, I need a touch in my body today. Whatever it is, wherever you are, however you're listening, whoever you're listening with, we just pray for our family. We pray for our friends. And Lord, not just COVID-related, even though that's, that can be serious. But Lord, we pray for your healing, divine healing power. Lord, to be, in, to be activated today, to manifest your presence today in healing today. And we thank you for that healing is the children's bread. That's what you said, Lord. And so by faith, we receive that which you've already given us and that which you already spoken, and that is healing to us today. Lord, I thank you that you are suffered on your body for our healing, for our, Lord, wholeness, and we claim that in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're going to do, what you are doing right now, and what you're about to do. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Before I really share uh, this morning, I, I wanted to just kind of, um, just from my heart and, and from a, a pastor's heart, just wanted to, um, I was thinking of a scripture in Galatians where it says that we ought to uh, show goodness and kindness to everyone, especially of those of the household of faith or those of family of believers, as the Bible says. And so I want to encourage you that we need to continue to reach out to one another during this time. Uh, some people, I just haven't seen them since March, or you haven't seen them since March, and, and uh, it, that's all good. It's okay. Uh, we understand. We get it. But um, one of the things we don't want to do is we don't want to get uh, conditioned for isolation. 
We don't want to condition ourselves to be isolated all the time, and especially the body of believers. So I want to encourage you, um, just, you know, I I don't know if you have to be a creeper, get somebody's number, and just call them or or text them or uh, give them a message on social media and just ask how they're doing, how their family's doing, and what were the highlights of their summer and their fall. And uh, can we just reach out to each other as the body of Christ? I think that's so important. I think sometimes people expect all the, the pastor or the leaders to do that. But the Bible says that we minister one to another, that we're a body that takes care of each other. How many believe that? That we're a body that ministers to one another. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And uh, especially those that you're familiar with or you know, um, or maybe haven't seen for a while, those that you know that have, um, you know, kind of uh, conditions already and health conditions. And um, so, you, you know, you wouldn't, you'd be surprised at how people's world changes when you don't talk to them for just a week, right? You know, a lot happens in a week. And so can you imagine... Uh, how much conversation you'll have when you get to talk to somebody you haven't seen for a while. So I want to encourage you to do that. Can we do that? Can we just reach out to each other and and, uh, really just kind of love on one another as the body? I think that's what makes us so powerful is the body of Christ, is the fact that we can minister to one another. And so I want to encourage you to do that. This morning I want to just share, we are um, going through fasting. We started last week. 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's something that we really felt that is necessary and good for us as the people of God. Uh, we, we see it in the Bible many, many times, a, a corporate fast. And so we wanted to do that for the next 21 days. And, of course, we encourage you to fast however the Lord leads you and uh, to pray. But uh, this morning, if I could, I just want to take a few moments. I want to talk to you about true fasting. And uh, I, I didn't intend to originally, you know, uh, kind of, I guess it just changed for the second week in a row when I got up. So the Lord has a way of, uh, you know, he's just got a good sense of humor uh, when it comes to that with me. And, uh, but he keeps me on my toes. Amen. So I uh, wanted to just share on that. In Psalms chapter 35, uh, you can turn in your Bible, click in your, your device on Psalms, in Psalms 35, verse 13. I'm going to read another scripture, and then we'll talk about it. And then it says here, and David is talking, and and of course, a lot of the Psalms, I I can't just take a snapshot. and You have to read the back story and and a lot of that, and that's this case. But we're going to just take a little bit out of that story. But in verse uh, 13 of chapter 35, it says, But as for me, when they were sick, he's talking about his enemies or those who ridiculed him, when they became sick, My clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart, or my prayers returned unanswered. In Psalms 69, 9 and 10. In Psalms 69, 9 and 10. I'll just read it here. It says this. It says, Because zeal for your house has eaten me up. This is a Messianic prophecy. Because zeal of your house has eaten me up, and the... The reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. This is talking about those who reproach the Lord, those who have reproaches that came against God. He said, they came on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. And so I believe that practically all religions, if you see it and you, you study, all, practically all religions practice fasting, but not all fasting leads to God. How many believe that? I know that. You know, and you read in Leviticus, it talks about the Day of Atonement. It says, afflict your soul with fasting. How many know that when it comes to fasting, it's not supposed to be fun? (laughs) But there's an element here, and it talks about... Actually, I want to just give you a couple elements of fasting that the Bible teaches. And I want to share one particular today about humbling ourselves. Humbling ourselves with fasting. He said here in Psalms 35, I humbled myself with fasting. 
there's a couple of elements of fasting we can write down. Number one is humility. Number two is seeking. Number three is praying. And number four, worshiping. These are the elements of fasting that we see. Of course, in the Old Testament, we also see the teachings in the New Testament. I just want to uh, share with you the first one, and that is humility and humbling ourselves before the Lord. Fasting, really, I, I believe, is, is a God-appointed way for us to humble ourselves. Fasting is that way that we can humble ourselves before the living God. How many know that we are to humble ourselves before the Lord? I believe that God can humiliate us at any time, but He requires us to humble ourselves. How many know it would be better for us to humble ourselves than God humble us? Right? And I like what Derek Prince said. He wrote a lot on the subject of prayer and fasting. He said, the greatest single specific barrier to getting answers to our prayers is pride. In fact, he went on to say that there is no access to God in pride. How many know the Bible says when it talks about, I humble myself with prayer and fasting. One of the things we see is that humility is an essential condition for effective prayer. It's humility. Well, I think it has a lot to do with being loud. I think it has a lot to do, Brother Matt, with, with putting on worship music. And, or I, I, no, the, the, I believe the Bible teaches us that humility is the essential condition for effective prayer. Amen. How many believe that? Lift your hand to heaven and said, that's not easy for me to do, but I, I, I believe that. And why? Why does he say that I afflicted my soul or I humbled my soul with fasting? Well, if you want to really look at it for what it is, why did he say this? Because in your soul is where you are self-assertive. That's where your pride lives. That's where it exists. And I, and I also believe that the mind and the will, the emotions, uh, expresses itself in the soul. That's where it expresses. And it expresses itself with I will, I think, I want, I feel. Is that right? That's how it expresses itself. But all those things, all those things, our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul has to be subject to the will of God. How many believe that? Our soul has to be made subject to the will of God. And it has to be brought low at times. How many know our old nature that we've been born again from uh, is still there, as Paul teaches us in Romans 7, and it wants to assert itself above the things of God. It wants to say, I think more than God. I feel this. All right? And how many know we can't trust those things? And this is the area where the Bible says you have to humble yourself in. It is your mind, your will, and your emotions because it needs to be subject to the will of God. So I believe that if you can take notes today, that true fasting is simply three things, this, and that is, number one, it's sacrificial to you physically, or to us physically. So it's sacrificial. It's intentional to God exclusively. So it's intentional. And then it's beneficial to others spiritually. It's beneficial. So we could look at that. So let's look at the first thing. I believe that fasting is sacrificial to you physically. Now, now, now I'm, I'm talking about this today, but... You, some of you don't know a secret about preaching and about, and about ministering all the time. And that is this, is that some people say you have to practice what you preach, but most of the time you're preaching what you're practicing. And so today I want to say I'm practicing this, okay? And uh, I, I, I don't think it even someone like, like Derek Prince, who I talked about earlier, who, who wrote books on prayer and fasting, even himself older in his older age, when he got up in years, he would say, I don't fast enough. I don't pray enough. And he lived a whole life of prayer and fasting. So how many know we can say we're not totally experts in this area? But we're learning. Is that correct? Amen. Had to put that little disclaimer out there. So it's sacrificial to, to you or to us physically. And I, I think if we look at, if there was a top ten list or maybe even a top five list, I broke it down to a top three list of things that we fast or should fast or God calls us to fast first, probably I think number one would be what? Food. 
right? I think number two would probably be daily dependence. These are pleasures or disciplines that we have that we'd say, I need to fast that. I need to, I need to put that aside. Um, or it's distractions. How many say that there's just some things in my life that have become a distraction that I feel I needed to fast from? How many know that there's things that can just distract you from God? Two people. Okay, three people because me. But there's things that, and I don't know about you, but there's times that you can... I'm a very, I don't know, I'm like, I'm like kind of those, those, those goldfish that get distracted very easily, you know, or dogs or whatever. I'm, I'm just those, I mean, you put on YouTube and the funny videos and, you know, fails at work and, you know, a bad day at work, some of those, you know, the, all that stuff. I'm hours. You, you got me for hours, you know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Some of you get cat videos for hours. It got you. I mean, you can get distracted from those, from really what's important. You can get distracted from the Lord very easily. And we live in a day in society where distractions, I mean, are a dime a dozen. I mean, it's all over the place. And, uh, but I believe that we need to, to fast, the most importantly, is food. Why? Because food is a necessity for survival, is it? In good health, it is. And we have to have it. So it's a dependent in our lives. And so I think it's the first thing that the Lord looks to. It's something that we need every day that we could, if we did without it for a little bit, it would hurt. It would, it would cost us something. It would be a sacrifice to us. Isn't that right? It would. And so, but let me just say this right off the bat when we talk about fasting food, I just want to tell you and, and just say this to you. This is, we firmly believe this that if you have a physical, a physical condition that you need food every day or something in your diet that you have to eat, we understand it. By all means, use wisdom. Come on, be wise. Amen. We believe that. And there's other things you can fast, but I'm not talking about those. I mean, that's just, you know, we, we believe that. that. That should go without saying. But really, I'm not talking about those who really have to eat. I know there's people that just really have to eat, and especially when they're not feeling well and sick, they have to eat. I get it. Um, but let me just say this. Um, I, I think that one of the things that we find out with food is one of the principles I've discovered is that it's not just replacing something with something equal. That's not fasting. You know, for instance, um, I'm, I'm fasting McDonald's chicken McNuggets, and so now I'm just eating Big Macs. How many know that's, that's replacing one bad high cholesterol? Okay, so it's not just saying, I, I'm off social media, but I'm watching eight hours of television a day. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's really completely doing without something. It's sacrificing. It's sacrificial. And so, you know, uh, Daniel gave up the desirable food so that he can become desirable to God. We see that. It's giving up the crucible sometimes, the desirable, giving up those things in our lives. And I know for most of us, it is food, and it, we have to have it. So what else would we say to God? Lord, I'm separating myself, I'm being sacrificial, and I'm giving up the things I need and I have necessity of on a daily basis, and that is food. And saying to God that this sacrifice is nothing compared to who you are, and I want to get to know you and worshiping you. Come on. Amen. It doesn't mean that much when it comes to me and you, God. Amen. When it comes to praying and fasting and it comes to getting answers to prayer. Uh, and you know, sometimes when you go through something, and some of people have, have been through uh, um, very hard times this last year, even to the place where you couldn't eat. And you found yourself, you, you couldn't even eat. How many know you've ever been there? You've ever been to a place and you, you thought, wow, after a couple of days you thought, I haven't really been eating. I haven't been eating well. And, and I know that we go through some things and things become, some things become more important uh, than, than eating. Is that right? And how many know God's more important than that? And so we, we look at that as a necessity. I believe that, I, I believe it was Lisa Bevere a couple years ago on the subject of fasting said that fasting brings empty stomachs but full spirits. Amen. And that's God's intention all along. And I believe that if fasting doesn't lead to seeking the living God, then it is a dead religious exercise. 
It should lead you to serving and loving and worshiping God. If you fasted for 21 days and you didn't know why you fasted, you did it for a religious, dead religious exercise. It was just a dead practice. And I believe it should lead you to seeking the Lord and loving God and worshiping. How many believe that? Anybody believe that? You've seen that with your own life? Amen? And so, I, again, I believe that our old nature wants things to be easier and comfortable. Uh, that we say things like, I'm fasting a second breakfast. How many of that's easy? Right? I'm fasting Christmas music. How many of that's easy? Uh, I'm fasting whole milk or things like that. You know, I, I'm, I'm fasting tofu. I mean, that's kind of easy for some of us. Is that right? Anyways, and and uh, boy, if you like good tofu, that's, that's kind of hard, you know. But it's true. And so how many know that's our old nature? Our old nature wants to take the easy way out, wants to be comfortable, wants to fast and say that. I'm fasting, uh, you know, I, I'm fasting video games for an hour. How many know? Now, for some teenagers, that'll kill them. That'll about drive them crazy. Amen. Or how about this? Our old nature, as Jesus taught, that would be a false religious attitude, is that our old nature wants to use fasting as a spiritual badge of honor over other people. Jesus said that religious people that are into vain religion, you know what they say? Look how much I fast. I fast three times a day. and you don't. How many know we can use that as a badge of honor? What are you fasting? Well, guess what I'm fasting? I'm fasting a million dollars. You know, and then we're like, ooh, they're so spiritual. No, they're so prideful. <laughs> they're so religious, right? In that sense. And so I believe that it's important to humble. How many believe it's important to humble yourself? And that's what fasting is. There's no way around it. It's just humbling ourselves before the Lord. And we're to do that on our own. I believe that fasting proves that to, to really do, to be an effective way for us to focus on the Lord, for us to... Why? Because uh, His mercy is the strongest when we are at our weakest. It's when we are weak in ourselves. Paul said that's when He becomes strong. Amen? That's when I really become spiritual is when I become the weakest. Not, be, not when I'm, I feel the, I'm the most spiritual strong. Sometimes it's when I feel I'm the weakest. How many know God can be the strongest? God's power in your life. God's miracles. God, when you don't have, a lot of times, that's when God wants to give, right? And it's when our lack of something, God loves to step in and kind of give something there, right? And kind of prove that, man, I am the one that you need to be looking to. I'm the one that you really need to be desiring. And so sometimes it's so good for us to weaken ourselves. Sometimes we get so caught up with, uh, you know, we don't even realize it, how much on a daily basis we are pleasing and satisfying desires. Now, I'm not saying everything's bad, not at all. How many know that, you know, whatever it is, you know, to get food in the morning or coffee or whatever, I mean, those aren't bad. It's just that a lot of times we're so conditioned to meet our needs and satisfy desires that sometimes until you fast, you don't realize how many desires really you could live without. Right? How many have ever found that? You thought, man, I really could breathe without TV. I can breathe without social media. I know that's hard to imagine. I know it is. Without posting for 24 hours, it's, a, it's impossible to you know, exist for another 24 hours without posting. Amen. And so we discover those things when we fast, when we sacrifice, when we humble ourselves. I believe we humble ourselves to acknowledge uh, the Lord's deity, His supremacy, His sovereignty. 
We fast because we say, God, you are the one that needs to answer me. You're the only one that can do this. And when we fast, as we see in the book of Joel, that it says, call a solemn assembly among the saints of God. Why? Because I want the whole nation to understand how weak they are that I can become strong. How much they need me right now. How many know, it's, sometimes it's good to fast even when things are going good. Right? And if, if you said, I really haven't been paying attention to the Lord as much as I think I should, or maybe I feel I should, or I haven't been reading as much, sometimes it's good. You know, and, and we'll get into some other things, but I believe it's so good. Now, it's important to understand that when we talk about humility, nobody really gets overly excited. So I understand today. That's why it's called sacrifice. Amen. But it is sacrificial nonetheless. I believe that when we deprave ourselves, to focus on the one thing we need God to take care of. That's what happens. We, we kind of deprave ourselves of those simple things in life because what we are saying to God is I'm focusing on the one thing. You're becoming the one thing and then one, the one thing that I'm praying about. So many of you have prayer lists and I thank God for that. But how many know sometimes you've got to focus on one thing? Sometimes you come to God and only one thing is on your heart. There's only one thing on your heart that really you need an answer to prayer. How many have been there this year? There seems like you can't think about anything else. You can't talk about anything else. That consumes your heart. You consumes your mind. And I believe it's important to bring that one thing to God. And, and sometimes we do that through fasting. And it helps us focus on that one thing. Amen. If you're like me, I'm a list person. And I, I have a list. I have a prayer list. I have a grocery list. I have a Christmas list. I ha Come on, you have a wish list. I have two or three wish lists on Amazon going right now. Amen. And I have, I have, a, I have a life goal list. And you know, I told some, my wife some of the life goals. And she said, I don't know if you're going to do that by yourself, but I probably won't be, live long enough to be there with you. I don't know if we're going to do that. Uh, but we've got lists, don't we? And so I realize sometimes that I've got to put God at the top of the list. And sometimes it's easy, when I'm fasting, it's easier for me to do that. Come on, let's be honest, isn't it? It's easy for me to do that because I've humbled myself. I've separated myself from all the distractions. And I said, God, I'm going to sacrifice some time to make that one thing most important. And so I think that uh, it's important that we, we, we put ourselves in a position for a God-sized miracle. Put yourself in a position for a God-sized miracle. How many know when they stood before the Red Sea, they needed a God-sized miracle? Amen. And how many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I believe that our nation needs a God-sized miracle. I believe your family. How many can praying for your family? My family needs a God-sized miracle. And so this is what it does. It puts us in position for a God-sized miracle. Now, on this side of the Red Sea, we shout and dance. But on that side of the Red Sea, they weren't dancing so much then. Come on, amen. But it put them in position to see a God-sized miracle happen without their own effort to interfere. And sometimes we need that. We need to put ourselves in that position where our own efforts can interfere with God. How many know when you're fasting, boy, you're down, aren't you? You're like, God, I, I, I don't want anything else to interfere with you working. I don't want to try it myself. I don't want to make it happen and try to push it. I'm not going to try to argue this point. I'm not going to try to defend myself. I just need a God-sized miracle. Amen. And the second thing we, we mentioned is that it's not just sacrificial, but it's intentional. It's intentional God and to God exclusively. That's important that we put that in there. Again, Joel called a fast. He, God said, call a fast and let it be intentional and to God only. Let it be so focused and so intentional. We've already talked about that. 
And I just want to make this statement, and that is when we fast with intentional, uh, I, th- I think most of the time when we fast, it's mostly with intentional. When we do that with intentional focus, I believe that it really is something that we can hone in on prayer. It teaches us to pray effectively. Sometimes people are praying a lot, but they're not praying effectively. Amen. James teaches us that sometimes we pray selfish prayers. Sometimes we get caught up in, in meism prayers. And how many know that they're, they're just arrow prayers? They're prayers that get shot all over the place. I, you know, but we want focused prayers. Is that right? So fasting and praying together with intentions, because most of it is with intention. Because most of the time what we pray is there's, there's an intentional and sometimes overwhelming need. And so we come and we bring it before the Lord. But again, I want to just say this, that if there's times that in your personal life, there's a personal situation that you're going through, whether it's healing, whether it's deliverance, whether it's a breakthrough, that you really just need to be very, very intentional on that one thing. And you got to pray and say, God, I'm committing this to you exclusively. I'm not going to talk to my neighbors. I'm not going to talk to my, my relatives about this. I'm only talking to you about this. This is so important to me. Come on, somebody. How many know you can talk to your neighbors more and your family more about praying to God? How many have ever done that? You found yourself talking to other people or, or let's just let's be honest, whining on social media more than you were talking to God. How many have ever found yourself there? Amen. God just kind of nudged you on the shoulder and said, hello, I thought we were going to talk. And you're like, oh, well, I'm talking to other people. Amen. Right? And so I believe that. But you know what? Sometimes there is, there is this thing that you've got to fast. Young men or young women have come to us, as my wife and I, we talked, and they've found themselves in very difficult situations and addictions. And that one of the very first things we said is, you've got to fast and pray about this. Jesus even said that some demons or devils don't come out unless there's prayer and fasting. Until there's an intentional uh, uh, prayer on this, until there is a God-focused prayer, there is a, a laser focus, as we'd say, prayer on this thing. How many know some things don't change without fasting? Amen. I don't care how much you do your spiritual want. Okay, I don't care how much you do all. Sometimes we just gotta fast, and sometimes God's. I, I, I've prayed about this and said, "Well, I could do this, God. I could do this. I could talk, talk to that person. I could make it work here." And God said, "No, you know what I'm gonna tell you, and that is to fast." And I was like, "That's what I thought you were saying, right?" And how many know? Have ever been there where the Lord told you fast right before you prepared food? God told me fast through a drive-through one time. I was like, "Are you serious? Are you serious right now?" I'm going to spend a dollar something or two dollars on water. What is that going to look like? They, they won't, they, they'll think I'm crazy. I've got to get a hamburger. So, you know, I mean, God just has a way of doing that, doesn't he? Amen. Right before, you know, you're right. I'm going to just say something on the side. My wife is a great cook, but she cooks some of the best meals when I'm fasting. I don't understand it. I'm like, are you serious? She decides to get into this, like, cookbook and cook all these real cool. I'm like, really? And then when we're not fasting, it's like, what do you want, pizza? Yeah, I guess. Right? I've ever been there, right? It's like, where's all that creative juices when we're not fasting? Anyway, and, and so intentional of God. And the third thing, and that is, really, it's beneficial to others spiritually. God causes us to fast because it's beneficial to others spiritual. How many know fasting for your team to win the Super Bowl doesn't benefit anybody? I've known people to do it, believe me. Amen. I've, I've, I haven't fasted about this, but I've prayed intentionally. I mean, i prayed very intensely about, you know, the best, you know, biggest, what of deer coming down by my stand, you know, and uh, 
how many have you ever prayed those selfish prayers, you know, or the biggest car, the best, you know, whatever. But, you know, how many know we don't do that? But we, we, when we focus and we fast and we focus on benefiting others spiritually, I think that's important to God's heart. I think that really is. When you're praying and you're fasting for a family member that's going through a difficult situation and you're up in the middle of the night as much as they are and you're on the phone as much as they are and you're pacing the floors as much as they are, I believe there's a burden that you carry with them. And the Bible teaches us that we need to bear one another's burdens. And how many know we do that in prayer and in fasting? Some of you might get a phone call this week and say, Brother, can you, sister, can you fast with me this week? And you're like... Can't you even just talk about the weather? I mean, come on. Uh, you know, so, so but, but we have to do that. Is that right? Because why? Because one of the important things and principles of fasting was not just fasting for yourself, but it was fasting for the benefit of other people. Fasting for your nation is not fasting so that you will have lower taxes. It's fasting so righteousness can exalt a nation. How many can say amen to that one? Amen. So we're fasting not because we can have a, a, a better sleep or better life. We need to start fasting and praying that because other people need us to stand with them and fast and pray. So it benefits other people. Let me give you an example of this. Isaiah chapter 58. I don't think I can go through these 21 days of prayer and fasting every year without reading or talking about or mentioning this scripture. Isaiah chapter 58 uh, and, and verses 5 through 10, uh, it, it really, leading up to this, they were, they were, their heart was after God, the people of God. Their heart was after God. They were seeking God. They were even humbling themselves. The Bible says fasting and praying. But they were, they were, their character was not lining up. Their requests were not lining up with God's will. Their character and their behavior, the way they were treating other people, were not pleasing to God. Did you know that? Read that. Then he says this, he said, is this the kind of fast that I've chosen? Only a day? He's asking a question. Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for uh, bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Question mark. He's asking a question. Is not this the kind of fast? Now he's going to tell them the kind of fast that he's calling them to, that I've chosen. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor a wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood or your family. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Then your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call on the Lord and He will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger and the malice talking, if you spend, uh, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in darkness and your night will become like the noonday. How many know that's the kind of fast God wants? It's to benefit other people spiritually. It's to, it's to be intentional and God exclusively. It's to be sacrificial, amen, to the Lord and, 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 and to physically. That's what it's going to cost. It's not just that, but also it goes into this other. In fact, if you read on in verses 11 through 14, he said, listen, this is what, if you continue to honor the Sabbath, if you don't speak idle words, he said, you'll have joy, you'll have victory, you'll have blessing. God will guide you. He'll meet your needs. He'll strengthen you. You will rebuild. You'll raise up. You'll repair. You'll restore. All because you fast the right way. 
How many of that's true fasting? So he's bringing it back there and he's saying, look, and one of the things that you notice about Isaiah 58 is that they were looking for something vertically amazing to happen, but when horizontally they weren't being living right, they weren't treating other people right, horizontally they weren't getting it right, and so God said, you can't get it right this way. How many know that's what the Bible says? You were calling out to God, and James even said that you were fasting for things that you were selfish, heaping on yourself selfish things and lustful things. He said that's not the kind of fasting you're supposed to be doing. Think about it. Some of the key words we see here is to loosen, to untie, to release, to break, to share, to provide, to care for. When we get to the place where our fasting leads you closer to the living God, number one, and then to benefit other people, amen, how many know now you're beginning to really get a hold of true fasting? True fasting is not just saying, well, our church is fasting, so I'm not going to eat junk cereal for 21 days. Or I'm not just going to eat pizza for 21 days. Or whatever. How many know it's something more than that? It's sacrificial. It's intentional. It's beneficial. Is that right? Amen. And so we see this. And so one of the other things is, again, uh, you know, it just didn't apply to the nation. When, when he spoke to them, and, he, and he, many times we read this and we want to just throw this at our nation and we want to just say, oh, well, it's for our nation and for the nation of Israel that they weren't living right and they weren't being right. And so God had to correct them and they, weren't, they had to, no, no, it wasn't just for an entire nation. It was mainly directed at their personal intentions and the people in their life within their reach. Notice he said to take care of people in your family. It wasn't just their nation. And so many times we want to throw it on. Oh, it's the nation and our nation needs to get right. And our nation needs to feed the poor. And our nation needs to take care of. Come on. How many know he's talking to us individually? And that's where we say to our fasting just really leads us to a place of seeking God more intentionally. And, and then sacrificing physically. And then benefiting other people spiritually. Am I coming to a place where I'm actually getting closer to God and loving people more? Because as Jesus pointed out, that vain religion causes you to become not just more prideful, becomes you more distant and isolated toward other people. How many know what I'm talking about? When that man stood in that temple and he said, look how much I fast. And look at that guy over there. He's a sinner. He's dirty. He doesn't even belong here. He said, look at me. How many know Jesus made a point that the more you get lifted in pride, the further you get away from people? Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. But the more we humble ourselves in prayer and fasting, and that's exactly what it does, we humble ourselves so that God doesn't humble us. And we humble ourselves and we say, God, maybe, maybe I need to fast a little bit more intentional and, and do something. So I want to give you a faith challenge as we stand on our feet. Can you stand on your feet today? Amen. I'm going to know that we, we're not just looking for a vertical, connect, a vertical connection with God. We want a horizontal connection. How many know that there's brokenness around us and there's things that are so, so intense around us? You know, if you really get involved with other people and you're ministering to other people a lot or talking to your family and really start praying about needs around you and, and those who you work with and you just get involved in their needs, how many know you say, my God, this thing is so heavy. I don't know if I can do this. I, I, who can carry this? Aren't you glad that there's one that carries burdens? Aren't you, one, aren't you glad that there's an intercessor, amen, that we're standing with and he's standing with us, making intercession that we can bring our needs to, even with other people. We can bring their needs to the Lord, amen, that he carries them. Amen. How many know that when we, we really come into this thing, I believe God's going to give us strength. Some of you have been carrying things in, in prayer. It's like a burden to you. It's becoming almost oppressive to you. 
And you always get to a place where sometimes you get so frustrated you don't even want to mention that in prayer because it's not being answered and God's not doing this and people keep getting ridiculous. And how many know, I want to encourage you today, don't give up. Don't give up. Continue to come to the Lord in prayer. Continue to just take that burden, amen, and carry that burden with other people in prayer. Amen. Let God strengthen you. Let His grace strengthen you in prayer, amen, and fast and continue to do that. Some of you said, I've been fasting so much for my family members. If I stand sideways, you can't even see me anymore. Not most of us, just some of us. Amen. How many know God's answering your prayer? God's answering your prayer. I want to encourage you today to keep doing it. Keep doing it. Amen. This isn't an easy message to shout and holler about. Amen. I don't think anybody is really bold enough and has enough courage to shout about being humble. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's true. So I want to give you this truth today that we need to humble ourselves about uh, before the Lord in fasting. And true fasting is humbling ourselves, seeking the Lord, trusting the Lord, worshiping the Lord, being intentional and, and uh, being beneficial. And so let me just ask you a question, give you a faith challenge for this week and ask you a question and just... Really, I've asked myself this question, is how has fasting altered my normal pattern, pattern of seeking God? You know, sometimes we, we do the fast 21 days and then we go the other 300 and some days without fasting. How has fasting really impacted your normal pattern of your life, number one, and number two, seeking God? I think it's really changed my life. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say fasting's really changed my, the way I seek God, the way I approach God, the way I look at other people, the way I, I look at things? Amen. And, and I want to give you this fast challenge. And really is just that to focus on that one thing that really you need to fast about or you could fast about that, that really y- you would struggle without it. What is something that you could fast this week that you would really struggle without it? For some people it is social media. For some people it is movies, television, whatever. And for some people it is food. But what is that one thing you could, so, some of you are probably saying to yourself, I could really do without my neighbors. No, we're not talking about that. Amen. Amen. That's anger management. That'll be next week. But anyways, <laughs> amen. But think about it. Lord, what is that one thing that I could fast this week or do with that that I would really struggle? It would really cost me. I feel it would really, uh, some of you are saying work. That doesn't count either. Um, amen. But could we also challenge ourselves? Could we go without food for a certain period of time this week? And, and maybe it's one meal. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's still three. Maybe it's still whatever. And we normally don't do this. And I don't demand anything. We normally, you know that. But I just want to encourage you and throw that challenge out. Can we just go? Maybe you're a young person and it's very difficult for you to go without Pop-Tarts. But maybe you can just say, Lord, I'll, I'll sacrifice that. I'll sacrifice that and, or whatever it is. And so can we do that? Let, let's just lift our hands to heaven and just thank the Lord for his word today. Because it's God that's going to give us grace to do this. It's God that's going to give us strength to do this. Lord, we just thank you for this time of prayer and fasting. I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, through this, I I don't know what it is, but every time we pray and fast, or me, or I pray and fast, it seems like I begin to see, I'm more sensitive to needs, I'm more sensitive to life issues, I'm more sensitive to how much I need you, I'm more sensitive to how much I do without things that I normally I need, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that you would help us and strengthen us and and as we walk through this this week and the next uh, few days and weeks, Lord, of fasting and praying, I pray that you would help us, Lord, not look at it as something that we're just casually going through, but this is 
this is important to you. This is something that's very major to you. Help us, Lord, and speak to us what we can do without, what we can fast, and, and Lord, the length of time. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to everyone here today. Lord, I pray that you would continue to move through this time of prayer and fasting. Can we continue to believe God that there is a, a movement of God in your spirit that's going to come through this city, Lord. Lord, that's going to come through this valley. I, I'm believing you, Lord, that through your saints praying and fasting, that our nation is going to be healed, that our nation is going to come to a place, Lord, of repentance Lord, in healing and unity in Jesus' name. How that's going to happen, I don't know. But Lord, one thing is possible is the people of God becoming stronger through this. And I thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening the church. You are strengthening your people through this. There are tremendous testimonies that we've heard of people seeing miracle after miracle, breakthrough after breakthrough during this time. Lord, I pray for those who, who have just been sick in their body. Once again, I lift them up to you today. And I thank you for the strength of God, the faith of God, the confidence of God. Amen. The, breathing into their life, breathing into their body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that today. You're strengthening them, making them 100% whole, stronger than they were before, Lord. Thank you for it. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Lord, as we go through this week, I pray for your blessings over your people. I pray for doors of provision, doors of utterance, doors of, of witness, Lord, doors of, of opportunity to share and prove that, Lord, you love them and, and, and God, you care for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Be blessed today. Have a great Sunday. If you need prayer, we certainly want to pray with you at the end here at the front. But if you have any questions, like to know more about our church, we'd like to visit with you in the back. Or you could talk to us uh, over the phone or online. Thank you.